Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. Want to officially welcome you guys and gals to another live Q&A with yours truly. Hope you guys and gals are doing exceptionally well. If you're joining me live right now, do me a big favor and share this broadcast out to as many people as possible. If you're watching this later, whether on YouTube or listening later on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify, do me a big favor. Share this broadcast and let's get this message out to as many people as possible. If you're coming in, whether live or later, hit that like button so we can get this video up. Uh, and uh, some traction so we can reach more people. But I hope everyone's doing exceptionally well. For those who's joining me and it's your first time, my name is Josh Wesley, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow uh, holistically for God's optimal use. And so these live Q&As just gives people who are uh, who are um, subscribed to ask their questions. And so if you want to make sure you can uh, be a part of these, feel free to hit that subscribe button hit post notifications so you'll be able to get right into these live Q&As because no man, no woman knows they are when I do these live Q&As. And also, I have something special starting in two days, uh, three days. <laughs> the purpose thing on this uh, course, if you're single or in a relationship that you're kind of unsure about, you don't know if it's from God or not, this course is for you. Make sure you go to lifework.teachable.com, uh, enroll for free. Um, all of my videos will be live here on YouTube every Thursday at 730. If you like Josh, I'm, I'm West Coast. I'm in another country. I may not get be, be able to watch live. Don't worry about it. The video will post on YouTube. You can always go back there. But if you want exclusive content like the holistic plan, a Bible reading plan, um, work, uh, activities for you to do to help you process your singleness, you got to enroll on my uh, course site, lifework.teachable.com, where you'll get all those exclusive contents um, to help aid <clears throat> your growth and your singleness. So let me get right into the chat box, see how everybody's doing. I see the people already got their questions in. Um, Michelle Miller, what's going on? Good evening. Rodeo Jordan, hey, what's up? J uh, Jacqueline Hampton, what's going on? Blessings. <clears throat> Excuse me. Elizabeth Rich Richmond, good evening. Pink October, hey, coach. I like to know how can I fight off people I don't care to have in my life. Um, your life is your life. Your life is your choice. So you determine who you let in your life. There's some people that you can never really escape from, but you can escape or you can keep them from entering your mind and affecting your emotions. So let's say if it's family, let's say if someone that's living your city or someone that goes, just someone that's in your life that you really can't just uh, run away from, you can ensure they don't have no entertainment or in, uh, entrance into your mind affecting your emotions. You got to ask yourself, why do these people um, have so much uh, uh, power against me. You only allow, you determine who has power against you, determine who, who has a connection to you. And so you have to process, why uh, do these people um, uh, uh, affect me so? Now, if that's not the case in your life, and it's someone that you can uh, uh, escape, not escape from, but diss yourself from, then it's your choice. How, uh, hey, coach, I like to know how I can fight off people I don't care to have in my life. Uh, just simply keep them out of your life. You don't have to invite them over. You don't have to let them in. Um, but if they have no choice to be around you, then you just have to guard your emotion, have to guard your mind by changing the way you see them, changing the way you perceive them and, and, and look at them through the lens of Christ, his eyes and say, you know what? I have empathy for them, but I'm not stupid, though, but I have empathy for them and I have enough to kind of keep them from affecting me emotionally. Hope to help. Famous HD, what's up, coach? How you feeling? Libby Rodriguez, hey, what's going on? Michelle Miller, how y'all bringing in the new year? Well, uh, my birthday is tomorrow, so I'll be 34 years old. Wow, coach getting old, 34 years old. And so like I've done for the last 29 years of my life, I'll be bringing in a new year at church. <laughs> so <clears throat> coach says I was probably four, probably no, six or seven years old. I've been bringing a new year in at church. So that's how we're going to be bringing a new year in is at my local church. So, but besides that, man, it, that's the best place to be. Um, sometimes I kind of want to, you know, uh, kick it back at the house because I've been at church all my life on my birthday. But, but, but we're in a good season now. I, I love church. I love what God is doing there. And so that's why I'll be bringing in the new year on my birthday in at church. Uh, Ross Scout says, hey, coach, how do I stop looking at God the same way I look at my earthly father? Good question. Me and my dad don't have a good relationship. And sometimes it's hard to pray. Um. The best way to overcome that is to understand the strategy of Satan. The Bible says, do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Satan's ultimate goal when it comes to uh, fathers is to remove them out of the home or have them become dads prematurely, affecting or warping the mentality of a lot of people. Why do you think Santa Claus was invented? I'm, that's separate from it, but hear me out. Why do you think Santa Claus was invented? And if you look at Santa Claus, Satan's claws, get it? If you swap the A and the N around, you got Satan, but <clears throat> that's another 
uh, talked for another day. But the reason why he created Santa Claus is so that when children grow up into an age and realize that Santa wasn't real, then they will connect Santa with God and they will be like, well, if Santa Claus wasn't real, then what my mother or my father's telling me about God, maybe God is not real, which then produced a lot of uh, atheistic mindsets amongst people. So his goal is to uh, uh, cloud in our minds the character of God to make him fairy tale or to make him familiar to our poor experiences, especially when it comes to our fathers. But when you understand Satan's devices, you can be able to separate the two and then realize that the heavenly father has nothing to do with your earthly father, that that most times um, the earthly father reveals uh, uh, the, the beauty uh, of the heavenly father. It reveals uh, that 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 God, you was there the whole time. God, you was a father to me, even in the midst of my father being a poor father. That's why you got to make sure you don't compare the two. And the best way not to compare the two is to understand the character of the two. God, in his in his essence, in his character is holy. He's impenetrable. He's undefiable, uh, undefiable. He's 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 peculiar of himself. He is not like man. He's not flawed. He's not fake. He's not fickle. He is perfect. He's eternal. Man, on the other hand, came in this world by default sin, by default sinners, default inclined to sin. So when you understand that God is holy and man is not, that God is perfect and man is not, you will be able to separate them to the best way to help you with this is to go to Google right now. I want you to type in the attributes of God and I want you to connect to at least five to 10 attributes that stick out to you. Some of websites will probably give you uh, a ton of attributes of God, but go to the ones that have scriptural supports. And I want you to get to know God exclusively based upon his characters, revealing his word. And then you will begin to see over time the difference between the two. But also think back on your past and see how God has been faithful to you despite your father. So, hey, coach, how do I stop looking at God the same way? You get to go. You get to know God in a new way. The best way to continue on is to understand that no matter if we live the billion years, we still won't be able to scratch the surface of who God is. So every day you get the opportunity to understand or or <clears throat> or grow in love with God in a new way. So looking up the attributes of God is what helped me at a young age, getting to know him personally, getting to know him that he's eternal, that he's, he's infallible, that, uh, that his word is infallible, but he's immutable, that he's just, that he's a uh, God of love. And all those scripture supports will kind of give you, wow, God. God is dope. God is amazing. God is unique in of himself. And it will give you a, a, a sense of empathy for your father, knowing that God was gracious enough to keep you through it. And understand, uh, uh, no matter how bad you and pops is right now, stand in the gap for him. Let this be an opportunity to, 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 to con not condition, but to train you and to have an empathy. Now, if your father's just abusive verbally, mentally, or emotionally, or physically, then you just distance yourself and just say, that's just a flawed man. And to realize that, you know what? I'm flawed too. So I need my heavenly father more than ever now. And because of what Christ is on the cross, now you have unlimited access and you can approach him boldly because you have Jesus's righteousness on you, which allows you to be able to have communion with the triune head. You see what I'm saying? So, hey, coach, how do I stop looking at God the same way? Get to know him in a new way. Find out his attributes, get to know him. I look at my earthly father the same way I look at my earthly father. Me and my dad don't have a good relationship. It's sometimes hard to pray. I understand, <clears throat> but you got to separate the two. God is different than your father. Gal not galaxies, um, but he's there's a big a uh, 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 gap in between you and him and your father. And get to know God and God will show you how to be. Uh, have his character and ha and how to show love to your father despite the frustration you feel. So get a sheet of paper and write down every negative thought and negative emotion you have about your father. And I want you to take some time to really process that with the word of God. And I want you to take some time to go before God and say, God, this is how I honestly feel it for my dad. Help me. And I promise you, if you go to God genuinely like that, he will be able to take you uh, 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 down that path of true forgiveness. Hope that helps, fam. <clears throat> Miss Bishop 2012 says, I'm excited to catch you live. Oh, welcome. Glad to have you. Keep letting God use you. I share your message with my 20-year-old. Oh, man, that's what gets me. That that right there means a lot. You know, that uh, that that the that the materials helping the young people, man. My, I have a heart for young people because I know that they're, they're, if, if what we went through was rough, I know what they're going through is tough. You know what I'm saying? And so thank you for sharing me that with your son. I pray is blessing him <clears throat> and tell him I say hello. Tell him Coach Josh says hello and thank you for, for watching. And, and I'm glad you're able to catch me live. Hey, Coach, what's good? What's up, Just J&Y? 
Divine 15, what's going on? Princess Angel says, are you setting, are you settling if a guy is everything you want spiritually but not physically? Good question. Um, now, uh, here's my opinion about it, and, and this is this is what you have to understand. Um, when it comes to attraction, we have to understand that attractions are, let's put it this way. Whoever God has for you is, is going to be what you would be attracted to in every area. Uh, I'm not saying they're saying this person not the one. There's a big difference between being significantly unattracted and slightly unattracted. Now, if you're if you have a list that's so perfect that even if Jesus was before you in the flesh, you would still turn him away, then 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 maybe you have to readjust your list. Now, if there is a significant unattraction to the point to where you have to force yourself to connect to that person, that person you're not settling. It's just that that person has great attributes, but it's not the one for you. See, there's people you're going to meet in life that's going to have great attributes. They're going to have, they're going to have great qualities. But just because a person has great qualities doesn't mean they have all the qualities. Uh, not want to say all the qualities because there's going to be things that y'all balance each other else balance each other on. But what I'm trying to say is, is that if if this person has everything that you want spiritually and you significantly unattracted to them, then 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 it may cause some stuff in there. But ultimately. The one that God has for you, you're going to be attracted to in all areas um, um, because that person was made for you. So uh, you just got to look you got to ask, answer, your, answer the question. Are they significantly unattractive or slightly unattractive? Like, you know what? Oh, his eyebrows. Uh, it wasn't it's not like I like my eyebrows. Like I like God, my guys have the eyebrows. Then that's just too much. You, that's too. That's you you're doing too much. <clears throat> but if it's something like, yo. I just I I I can't see myself, and, and let me understand this. I can't really see myself sexually attracted to him. And what I mean by that, if we get married, there there's it's just it's just you know. Come on, we're humans. I'm trying I'm trying to sugarcoat as best I can, but you get it. You know good and well if y'all not if 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 your eyes got a cringe to make him look decent, then there's some people that be like that's not everything, but it's partially it's partially uh, it's some things. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, it's not settling if there's a significant unattraction. You know, you like your man uh six three, six four, and he's three two. That doesn't mean he's a bad guy, but you 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 like what you like, but you just gotta make sure it's not uh based upon a perf a perfect list of this is what I want in a man. His eyebrows gotta be perfect, he has to have four hundred and thirty-six waves, he has to his skin color has to be this shade, and you got the little thing on the internet where you put the shade perfectly, you know, the hashtag F68036. You got the brown or the white or whatever tip. That's too much. But if there's significant unattraction, then you have to just keep it moving because it's gonna cause some rough uh, rifts down the road. If it's slight unattraction, then but at the end of the day. It has to be the one God has. So take them before God and let God reveal it, and, and then you'll be all right. <clears throat> Masanja Washington says, "Good, good evening from beautiful Michigan. Thank you for watching, Miss Washington. Thank you for watching from Michigan. Uh, I happy holidays. Oh, thank. Oh, y'all talking to you. Can we mess up our plan? Can we mess up our plan from God because of counterfeits? <clears throat> good question. Um." Let's make it plain biblically. Many other plans in a man's heart, but it's the purpose of the Lord that prevails. Ultimately, God, from his providential platform and his perfect seat, understands everything. Everything has already been established. So even if you mess up now, you really can't mess up God's plan because 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 then that shows that man has more power than God, that man can alter God and that God doesn't know everything. Um uh, we just have to understand that choices are important. So don't just forget all about that question about messing up God's plan. Let's bring <clears throat> the seriousness to choices. Choices are important. And choices will determine the caliber of life that you will have. So what you have to process now is that uh, anything that I may have done 20 minutes ago past, I can repent from, turn away from, and grow from. Now, Oftentimes, what most people do is, based upon cycles, based upon immaturity, people keep on making bad decisions, and then they end up having the consequences that they have. But at this moment, I wouldn't worry too much about if I messed up because of a previous counterfeit. I just got to make sure that I grow from this place of, of, of poor decision 
process it and make better decisions so that when I go forward in my life, I don't find myself uh, uh, deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into consequences that I cannot have the life that I could have had if I would have made better decisions. You see what I'm saying? So can we mess up our plan from God? Uh, you can't mess up God's plan, but you can plan better. Um, you can plan better by uh, by acknowledging God in all your ways. You can plan better by by being slow to making this uh, to slow to making decisions and, and acting on things. You can make your life better if you plan better by making sure that you follow into the will of God. And the best way to ensure that you get into the will of God, capital W, is to give God the will of your life and ultimately follow the wheels in God's word that you can practice every day because when you continue to walk in God's word and you continue to grow in the things of God, you will begin to find your life becomes a little bit more sound. It becomes a little bit more clear. It becomes a little bit more uh, uh, joyful and you feel more fulfilled. So don't worry about if you messed up God's plan. Just make sure that you plan according to his purpose. And then no matter what you've done previously, God is gracious enough to help you along the path. But if your heart is so callous and you just want to do what you want to do, <clears throat> then you have to suffer the consequences of it. <clears throat> Hope to help. I just did a video on counterfeits uh, yesterday. I think I have some materials that I kind of help you know the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart. Hope to help. Let's keep going. I got to scroll up, scroll up, scroll up. All right. Hey, coach. <clears throat> Yahshua is my everything. What's going on? Hey, coach. This is the first time I actually come. Welcome. Glad that you're able to catch me live. Glad to have you. Hope you got, hope you're having a good time. Hope you're enjoying the uh, answers so far. <clears throat> Excuse me. Christina Stubbs. Hey, what's going on? Divine 15. Is it okay to want to be a millionaire if you plan on giving back as much as possible? Always wanted to give back. Don't have enough money to do so. Um, there's nothing wrong with being a steward of money. There's nothing wrong with aspiring to be a millionaire. Um, but but everything has to be in 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 scope of your heart. Uh, there's a scripture that says, uh, God, don't make me don't make me poor that I steal and don't make me rich that I leave you. There's a certain figure, I believe, that God, without your uh, uh, desperate need for money, uh, will keep us at because he knows no matter how much you have a desire to be a millionaire, no matter how much you desire to be a billionaire, no matter how much you desire to give back, that's how you feel now because none of us know exactly what we'll do uh, until we have the money. You see what I'm saying? So the goal is, is that if you feel that God has called you um, to be a, a, a giver in a way like that, that called you to be a person that is philanthropic, uh, a person that's that's like that, then God will grace you for that. And then, then uh, one of the fruits of you being graced for that is how you manage the money you do have now. Um, those who set themselves up to be financially wealthy are those who maximize the coins that they have. Why would God give you a thousand dollars if you can't take care of a hundred? Why would God give you uh ten thousand if you can't take care of a thousand? And why would God give you a hundred thousand? Can't take care of ten thousand. Why would God give you a million if you can't take care of a hundred thousand? There's a principle in money that's 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 evident across the board. Uh, uh, but there are certain people who sell their soul or compromise their values and and and, and convictions for things, and and they get their money quick. But if you want generational wealth, if you want uh, 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 that type of finance that aids the kingdom of God, uh, um, you got to steward your money. So if you desire to be a millionaire, always be mindful of your heart and know that you can't serve God and money, meaning that money should not be your source. And God will only take you at the level where he, he is, where he remains your source. See, see, we have to get to a place where we have to always examine our heart to make sure that we're not making money our source. So the goal is if you trust God, no matter what your money is, no matter if your if your money is sweet as honey or if your money is funny, either way, if you still have the heart where God is your source, then then God will entrust you with much. But but if if money be, is an idol now, if money is a pursuit now, and you care about money but you don't believe and trust God as your source, what happens when your money's taken? What happens when this world system uh, is after and controls the money? Uh, would you still trust God? So the goal is to position yourself to always be connected to God and trust God over money, because the Bible talks about it's hard for a rich man to get to heaven. That the, that the rich man has to uh, is easy 
easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man get to heaven. The eye of a needle was a bridge or a pathway back in the Hebrew, back in the Bible days. And the camel had to had to get low and scoot under the eye of the needle because the camel was big and the camel had uh, um, um, uh uh, things that it was carrying on top of it. So the camel had to get low to get through. So the the more money you want, the lower you got to go. The more money that you want to aspire to have, the more humble you have to be, the more on your knees you got to be, the more you got to be uh, 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 low in your own eyes, small in your own eyes. And, and your lifestyle choices and lifestyle habits with money will let you know if you're even ready to be a millionaire. But there's nothing wrong to answer your question. Nothing wrong with aspiring to be a millionaire. You just got to make sure that God is the one that you trust ultimately and more than anyone. Hope to help. So there's nothing wrong. There's, there's nothing wrong with having that heart. But your heart has to always be up for question. <clears throat> Princess Angel, good question. Been wondering. Oh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Rodeo Jordan, what to do when you feel so far from God and losing the craving for the word? Great question. <clears throat> um, God is always close. We the ones that disconnect. Somewhere in your life, the enemy has caused a drift, a subtle drift. Even if you even if you move away from God that much, that's too far. Because you know why? Over time, it gets wider. Over time, you're, you're, you're distant. Actually, it's more like this. Over time, you go far. Um, God is where you left him. And you know why he's there where you left him? Because that's the place you got to repent of. God's gracious. God is merciful. And he always stands right there by your well. And he's saying, you know what? Which one are you drinking from? Which one would quench your thirst? Um, I'm going to still I'm going to sit here until you're ready to make that decision. And so what you have to do is examine why do I have uh, uh, other cravings? And so what happens is the word of God is like water. The word of God is like water to us as a child. Uh, but until we got introduced to juice, then all of a sudden there's something in the juice that makes us want the juice more than the water, but which one's healthier? So what you have to do is detox yourself from those cravings, those carnal cravings, and get back into hunger and thirsting after God's righteousness. The Bible says, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, his righteousness shall be filled. Anytime you feel empty, chances are your thirst and hunger has been switched to something carnal. So now you have to reassess your life and say, what have I been chewing on? What have I been craving? And then when you look at your cravings, you got to look at the, the ingredients. You got to look at what's in that and, and its objectives in your life. And when you begin to see uh, what's really within sin and how it's designed to damage you, then you will become disgusted or you will become enlightened to the fact that this is hindering me. Now, if you find yourself deeply rooted in it, that's when you have to go through deliverance. That's when you have to say, you know what? I command these demonic spirits to loose me now. But before you get into that spiritual warfare, you got to get into a, a place of spiritual uh, disposition. Uh, where you prostrate yourself. You say, God, I humble myself. I have been wrong. I can't believe I love these things more than you. I need your help. Then the Holy Spirit will supernaturally gird you, strengthen you to be able to wean yourself off of it. But you cannot wean yourself. You can't wean yourself off of appetite if your mind is not uh, um, uh, unrenewed. Your mind has to change about the cravings that you're craving and your mind has to change in regards to what the word really is. The word of God is life. And many of us, the reason why the word has lost this appeal is because we've been, we haven't been re we haven't been reading it the way it was designed to be read. It was the, uh, it was designed to be read, um, um, with the Holy spirit. If the Holy Spirit wrote it, the Holy Spirit will quote it. He says that the Holy Spirit will, will bring it to life. He's the one that wrote the word. He was the one that offered it. And since he was the one that offered it, he must be the one that read it to us because he will help us with the nuance of it. And it will become sweeter than the honeycomb. It will become something that, that's, that's more desirable than just reading the word, words on paper. It's without the Holy Spirit, that Bible it's just words on paper. With the Holy Spirit, that words becomes alive. So you have to you have to take your time to really look at the, the look at the um why what are you get a sheet of paper and write down what are you craving outside of the word of God? 
where did this drift conceive? When did I start drifting from God? What was I thinking? Where was I at in life? What incident may occur? Um, uh, did I get busy in life? Anytime you get too busy for God, your life is going too fast. So those, those self-examination, self-assessments will help you go all the way back to when it was conceived. Then the Holy Spirit would then lead you to repent from it and then guide your life to turn away from that way of thinking or living. And then all of a sudden you'll find the word becomes sweeter over time. But when you find it the hardest to read your word, that's when you need to read it. And you read it with the Holy Spirit. What to do when you feel so far from God? Go where you left him and repent on why you stepped away from him. One step away from God is too far because over time you'll find yourself miles away. You're one repentance away to be right where you needed to be. You already righteous in Christ. <clears throat> you just you just living a way uh, that's that's not right now. Uh, but if you fall back on who you are in Him, that you are His son or daughter, and that nothing can change that, that you've been sealed by His Spirit, then you're one breath away for being right in the right place. It ain't nothing that you have to build yourself back up to. Now, spiritual discipline will help you build your faith, build your uh, understanding. But when it comes to joy and excitement and and being right back, all you one you're one reverse engineered thought away from being right where you was always in Him because of what Jesus did. You see what I'm saying? And so that will help. But you lose your craving for the word when you allow things to occupy your life or when you look at the word um, differently than what it was meant to. It was meant to be read to you, not just read by yourself. Hey, coach, I'm, I am back again today. Welcome. I got your question lined up. A lot of people was blessed by your <clears throat> question yesterday, Mariana De Silva. We're glad to have you again. Thank you for joining us again. We're glad to have you. And for those who's watching now, let's get these likes up. Let's get this video traction. You guys have been helping me a lot, so I appreciate it. It really helps us get more subscribers, help us really get build this community. And if you haven't already enrolled, you can enroll now to our Purpose of Singleness um, course. It's free. Go to uh, lifework.teachable.com. We start Thursday at 730. And if you're watching, you're like, man, coach, I can't watch you live. Don't worry. The video will be available. You can actually go through this course at your own pace if you're not able to uh, join me live. Let's keep going. Princess English 33 says, what advice can you give to a woman in their 40s who desire to get married, but doesn't know how and what that looks like, therefore has struggled with understanding her value and place as a wife? Great question. <clears throat> Your value is in God. Your value, you know how to unit back in elementary or uh, middle school place value. Uh, because you place to him, that's where your value is. That's where your value is. Now, the advice I can give you, a woman in 40s, is that you're never too young. Age is nothing but a number to God. Age, uh, God is not bound by time. God's above time. Uh, some people are single for his providential will, that there was a moment in time that he wanted you to meet someone to, uh, to get married and to produce children for his timing. Look at Sarah and them, <clears throat> that there was a time where God wanted her to be pregnant and have a child and, and, or the young, the, uh, John, the Baptist mom who was barren. And, uh, and when she was pregnant, she, she rejoiced said that the, that the father took her reproach away from women because it was hard for her. The Bible talks about how she served the Lord righteously, that she served the Lord in the temple, but she didn't have a child, but, she, but God barren her womb. Uh, some of us have to understand that God is the one that's causing us to be where we are. And the person that we're mad at is God. Um, sometimes God will bear in your womb. Sometimes God will bear in your life because of his timing. She was supposed to be the vehicle to bring John the Baptist. And yes, she was. And the thing about we have to learn about Elizabeth, she was faithful to God. She was serving in the temple. She was faithful and she got picked on. You know how she know we know she got picked on and talked about because back in the Bible days, having children meant that she was blessed. That's a warped view of life, that because I have child, children, I'm blessed. And because you don't have a child, you in sin. And so Elizabeth was serving God and all that time wasn't able to have a child. And the beautiful thing about it, she rejoiced because she was like, now the reproach has been taken away from me amongst women. Now women have to eat their words now talking about Elizabeth and imagine how blessed she felt and how full she felt when everyone had to watch the fruit of her womb be the one that baptized Jesus to be the great man John the Baptist that he was. Imagine that. But 
in the in the meantime, you have to realize the one that's above time and trust that he will intervene in time to ensure that 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 everything that you desire to have will be in your life. But we have to get to a place where we trust him. So what advice you give to women in their 40s? You're, you're not old. Don't worry about the pressure of the world. God made your womb, not doctors. God made your womb. God can make your womb as 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 fruitful and as vibrant as 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 a young woman. Okay. What advice can you give a woman in her forties who desire to get married? Don't nothing wrong with desire. Continue to delight in the Lord. Continue to delight in the Lord. That's the practical thing. Make Him your delight. In order for you to delight in the Lord, you have to go into the light. The light is what exposes. The light will reveal. The light will will heal. The light will show you um 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 who you've been sealed by and give you the hope that He's the one that's gotten you, got you right. Because when you process that and realize that the more I delight in God and trust in him and understand, sometimes you need someone to tell you that God made your womb. You're never too old to have children. You're never too old to be married, that God is the one that keeps you. Then you will continue to have your hope in him. And then as you continue to navigate life, you won't find yourself in these deep valleys of depression or deep valleys of sadness or caught up in comparisons. But you will continue to work on behalf of God like Elizabeth did. And then when God releases the timing, you will find yourself, God, I praise you. I thank you that you sealed me, that you guarded me from settling, that you kept me even in my age, in my 40s. I I trusted you. And this is the fruit of my trusting you but doesn't know how and what that looks like. God knows how it's going to happen and knows what it's going to look like. And it's going to look just like anybody else getting with somebody. You just have to look, you have to change the way you view yourself. You have to change the way you see yourself and see yourself as a daughter of God. And that God understands, God understands what you're feeling. God understands um, that, that that people may be talking about you. He was talked about. Um, he had to deal with uh, 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 people ridiculing him, but, but he still fulfilled his purpose. Uh, how, and what that looks like, what it's going to look like, like anything. You're going to meet a man. Y'all going to get married, going to have some babies. You know what I'm saying? Right now, continue to grow in the things of God, continue to grow in the things of being a wife and, um, and all that good stuff. Therefore has struggled with understanding her value and place as a wife. Um, your values in God, like I said, we lose sight of our value when we try to connect our self to things that ultimately will devalue us. Anytime you look at something other than God for value, devalue yourself mentally. You don't you don't become devalued. Your perspective of yourself devalues. That's a big difference. You can never be shorter than priceless to God because you were so valued. He said himself. He said nobody else's blood can pay the ransom, can pay for the for the loss of mankind. I got to come in flesh. My blood is the only blood that can redeem mankind. And so you have to understand that it's something in your mind that's causing you to become devalued in your mind. But when you reconnect yourself to your already uh, value, then you would begin to walk around and say, I don't care what y'all got to say. I don't care if y'all got babies because there's a bunch of people that settled and, and still devalued in mind. They got a whole husband and a whole set of kids and they're miserable. So I'd rather be in the will of God and get what I want from God later than to get what I what I settled for and, and then be and lose it later. So right now, you're better off than a lot of people who's married. You're 40, probably don't got no baggage, probably don't got no stuff going on. And, and you're better off than some people that got married at 25 but got divorced by 34. So sometimes perspectives puts things in their proper place. You'll be able to say, you know what? The divorce numbers are high for a reason. Why well, I always say the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Why is that? Because the last lasts. Because the last gets the opportunity to see the, the mess ups of the first. People who want to be first ends up last because they rushed there without, they had a bunch of zeal, but no wisdom. But the last shall be first because the last has the opportunity to say, well, I can learn from Chelsea's mistakes. I can learn from Barbara's mistakes. Becky over there, she may have had good hair, but she, woo, 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 you know what I'm saying? We, you're able to learn because you had a greater vantage point. It's hard to see everything when you're in the front. It's always good to see everything from the back. So even though you seem like you last, learn from everybody's past. Learn from your past. Learn, learn, learn. If you want to earn, you got to plan to learn. It's that simple. Good question, though. Um, Jada says, is there a way I can use sewing for God? You best believe it. 
being a nurse or something helpful makes more sense than sewing. If sewing is your purpose, if sewing is what you love to do, you continue to be a nurse. You keep doing, doing your thing, but God will give you, God will teach your hands how to prosper. He will show you how to use sewing for his glory. You, you may create the, the 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 type of blanket, uh, uh, like the blanket that me and my wife has. Somebody sold that for her family. It's got every book of the Bible on it. We're always covered under the word. Woo, we got the word of God covering us every night. But somebody sold that. So what I'm saying is, don't look down on, let me give you my story. As I was growing up, I'm 34 years old. So back in my day, I'm old enough to say that. Back in my day, um, we didn't have technology like that. Entrepreneurship wasn't really a big thing. And when I was young, I used to envy everybody. I used to envy the guy who can draw. I used to envy the girl who can, who can play the piano because I was like, their gifts are expressive. Their gifts are evident now. Um, and then when I looked at my gifts, I'm like, I don't really, I can't draw. I, I can't, I can't uh, 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 play no instrument real well. And so I was like, then I'm giftless. Until over time, I began to realize that I was giving advice since I was in fifth grade, sixth grade. I got yearbooks right now where people say, thanks for the advice, Josh. Like, like, like I was giving advice from a young age. I had a way with words, but, I, but, but, but in the grand scheme of things, that type of artistry wasn't valuable. And so I devalued it and I tried to force myself to play instruments. I tried to force myself to have some type of expressive, creative form of artistry because ultimately my heart was idolizing. I just wanted people's attention. I wanted to be on stage, not knowing that the thing that I was idolizing with the right heart I would have. But but over time, I realized I'm gifted at writing. I'm gifted with words. I'm gifted with with listening. I'm gifted with the in with the unseen creative gifts. You see what I'm saying? And then now that gift that I look down upon is what is what I'm dominantly successful at. You see what I'm saying? So don't look down at the gifts that you feel are not as broad and as bright and as uh, uh, beneficial and, 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 and what everybody wants. No, no, no. Don't look at those gifts like that. If you want to sow for the glory of God, God will bring clarity. What you need to do is have creative business meetings with God, creative sessions with God. This is what I do. I got always have this, always have a blank paper around me and a pen, a good pen. This pen right here. I love this pen. This pen erases. You know, I, I was I was a weird kid. I love school supplies. When I was a kid, I always I always got to have a I mean, the paper has to be perfect. It can't have no if it has a little uh, bend in the corner, if it's wrinkled, that paper ain't good. So I always got to have a clean paper, a hard surface. And what I do is I carry a notebook. And a paper around me because anytime God or my phone, like if I'm driving, I use my phone. So what I do is anytime God wants to have a creative meeting with me, I feel the I feel his creativity hovering in the car or hovering in the room. I press record, open mouth, and the Holy Spirit will speak through me. See, that's what the creative sessions are for. It's for the Holy Spirit to speak through you. So when I when I when I when I, when I feel the creative presence of God in the room, oh, let me get my pen and paper. Holy Spirit, here am I. What you need, what you got for me. You know why I'm so so quick to get in the presence of God? When I'm in my presence, the creative presence of God is because I always get gold. I always get gold when I'm in his presence. So what you do is you say, okay, God, how can I? Do you, do you really think God has already revealed everything about sowing? And for anybody out there, do you really think that God has already revealed everything about what you want to do? It doesn't matter who all else is out there. God is still innovating. God doesn't innovate. He, we innovate. God is, God has already in his mind capsuled everything in life. He's looking for people to come to him and find out a new ways to do it. God's like, I got this treasure chest, this, this storage unit full of innovative, unheard of, unproduced, creative things about sewing. And I'm waiting for somebody to take sewing seriously and come to me. And I'm going to show them ways to innovate sewing in this world. So is there a way I can use sewing for God? You best believe it. Go to him and God will blow your mind. He will say, sew like this. If what's his name can create a bunch of stuff out of peanut butter, what can you do with a thread and a needle? And God, if you go to God and say, God, it's all I have. 
like David. All I got is a stone and a slingshot. God, all I got is a needle and some thread. And God says, you know what? Let's work. I got something to show you. Do not minimize even the smallest gifts you think you have because God will maximize anything you give them. He'll take your loaves and your fish and you'll have 12 baskets full. That's what I do. I understand that principle. I'm going to give God the what I, all I have and I know I will have 12 plus barrels of residual pots to be able to take home from one little small idea. One thing like sewing can give you 12 baskets full in return. Being a nurse or something helpful makes more sense than, no, I thought you was a nurse already. Don't worry about the pressure of the world. <clears throat> people always want you to be safe. Be a doctor, be a nurse. Dude, people who play it unsafe, people who play it risky make more money than doctors and nurses. People want you to play it safe. Get a good job. It's cool. I understand it. But man, the only way you're going to be sustained in a corrupted world is to maximize your unique creativity. It's that simple. Because uh, in a corrupted world, you can be fired from a job. But if you have no creative th thing to back yourself on, see what I'm doing right now, I work at elementary school. But I got a full engine of, of, of things that I'm doing right now that if they fire me, we, we, we still good. Not that they'll fire me, but if I'm not, I'll, I'll, work, I'll work into the Lord so I can't be fired. You know what I'm saying? When you work for God, you can't be fired. You may be let go, but you, but you, but but, but the favor of God is on you. He surrounds you with favor like a shield. So you always gonna be fine. But you don't want to live your life trying to play it safe and don't open up the safe in your heart to find what was really gonna ensure that you that you last in life. Hope they help. Hi, Joshua. What's going on? You said by my my my, my full name, Yo, sure. I'm joking. I'm excited for your course. I'm excited too. Uh, what is a rib mate and how do you know if God has shown you them? If you have prayed and God has shown you a sign, I am putting God first and good, good, good. That's good that you're putting God first and you're preparing. Uh, put everything on the shelf, my friend. Put everything on the shelf. Um, let God continue to reveal. Right now, God is still confirming my wife. Still confirming. God never stops confirming. What I mean by that, it may just be residual confirmation. It may just be what comes with it. You know, I'm not saying God's like, oh, Josh is unsure. I got to confirm. No, I just think your wife is going to do things or your spouse is going to do things that continues to confirm what God confirmed. See what I'm saying? So anytime you see a sign, the Bible says a perverse and twisted generation or perverse and wicked generation looks for a sign. Uh, uh, all you got to do is make sure you uh, recognize the sign who is Christ and continue to interpret that sign and get to know him. And then over and, and, and then when God reveals, because when you put when you keep things on your heart and not on a shelf, idolatry is inevitable. So you have to put those things on the shelf to keep your heart at ease. You see what I'm saying? Thank you so much for giving. I appreciate that. Thank you all so much. Um, so that's what you got to do. If you feel like that's the one guy, don't say nothing to that woman. Don't say nothing to that young man or young lady. Don't say nothing to her. Keep it on the shelf. Um, the Bible says in, in, in a, a few occasions, maybe a couple occasions where Mary said she treasured these things in her heart. That's all you do. Just put them, just, just, just treasure them, put them up, but don't idolize them, but just, oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna keep looking at this. Mary, when Mary and her son and the disciples like, hey, your mom and your brothers want to talk to you. I'm sure she was kind of uneasy because Jesus probably looked cocky to her. And he's like, who's my mother? But over time, Mary got the deal and was like, you know what? This is the son of God. Wow. This is amazing. So don't, don't say anything. Uh, uh, let me make sure I read your question. What is a rib made and how do you know if God has shown you them? Um, just, you know. You'll know. I, and, and I know I, that sounds so like that's not what you want to hear. But the the more you get to know the Holy Spirit, the more you, the more you'll know things clear, clearly. You see what I'm saying? Um, do you know if God has shown you them if you have prayed and God has shown you a sign? Um, God will show you in his timing, man. <clears throat> and I want I wouldn't put too much stock in the initial sign. Keep staying on him, keep staying with him. And uh, because the more you focus on, uh, thank y'all again. Thank y'all for giving. The more you focus on, the more you begin to idolize it. It's that simple. I just want to make sure I read your question, okay? 
Hi, Joshua. I'm excited for your course. What is a rib mate or your, your soul man? I guess that's what you're saying. Um, that's the person I never heard rib mate before. So that's new to me. Um, but if you talk, if you're a gentleman, then rib is the woman that pulled from your rib. Um, uh, that's the one that was, that's, uh, there to compliment you. That's the one that God has made for you and you for them. And how do you know if God has shown you them? If you have prayed and God has shown you a sign, what I would do is limit your prayers on a person and open your prayer life to, to things more prominent to now. Um, some things we need to pray when prompted. Some things we pray because we, we, we are, we just want it, but some things we just got to say, you know what, God, I'm gonna stop praying for my spouse. I'm only going to pray when you prompt me to pray for my spouse because that will keep you from idolizing uh, and always petitioning. Where is she? Where is he? Just continue to serve God with gladness. Continue to get to know him. Get to go, go to Google, look up some attributes of God, get to know him and then, and then go from there. And I promise you, life is better that way than peak, peaking and, and looking to see, is she there yet? Are we there yet? Is he here yet? That stuff is tormenting. And we'll talk more about that on Thursday for sure. Kim Williams says, do you think it's okay to wear an abstinence ring while single or do you think it will keep men away because they'll think I'm married? And listen, I tell you one thing, an abstinence ring will not keep the one away from you because the one the one God has for you don't care. Nothing about no abstinence ring. You see what I'm saying? There's some men, carnal men, they don't care about no, they don't care about no real ring. So no matter what, you can wear a ring and a man still going to pull up on you. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is the one God has for you can't let you go. It's that simple. God, what God put together, let no man put a son. I'm telling you, you can you you can be in an island where no boats have came in years, and that man will find himself to you because nothing can keep you away from God, God's will for your life. You see, nothing can keep you away from the will of God for your life if you desire to be in His will. That's the goal. If you desire to be in His will, your the man that God has for you. We'll find you. So wear the abstinence ring. It ain't going to keep the one from you. Now, he may be like discouraged. Oh, God, is she married? But that man going to look at that ring and be like, ain't no diamonds on it. Oh, oh that ain't no wedding ring. Because God is going to prompt him on his heart and be like, that's the one for you. And ain't nothing. Because you got to understand, what's going to happen? God is so good at matchmaking. He knows the down to the millisecond when y'all supposed to meet. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. If you desire to be in God's will, God can be like, you know what? This day, this millisecond, your ring is going to be left in the car and you're going to be at the coffee shop and you're going to bump into him and coffee's going to spill on him. And he, y'all going to look it eye to eye and it's going to be something in that moment that's going to seal it for you. That's how good God is at matchmaking. So keep wearing your absent ring. It ain't going to stop God's plan for you. It ain't going to stop the man of God for you. That's simple. Thanks. I do just, I, I do. Oh, y'all talking to each other. Happy early birthday. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Coach getting old. I ain't getting old. I got some gray hairs though. They coming in. I'm ready for, I'm ready for the salt and pepper. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for the gray. The way I, I, I want the wisdom. I want I want I want the great. I'm ready for it. Thank y'all for the birthday wishes. Corey Tyler says, "Hey, Coach, I've grown attached to my best friend of the opposite sex. We have been close to being intimate. I don't know what to do. Do I let him go or just put distance between us? Um, put distance in between y'all two. Um, and if well, if y'all already been intimate, ah, oh, that's difficult. Um." That's not difficult. I'm not saying difficult in me comprehending it, but I'm feeling your heart right now. That can be that can be tough. Um, y'all gotta have one of those real conversations where y'all say, you know what, I'm attracted to you, and that's what makes it difficult to be best friends with the opposite sex. That's what makes it difficult, especially if y'all are attracted to each other. If y'all are attracted to each other, right? If y'all like each other, y'all got to make, y'all got to put boundaries up. That means y'all can't, y'all just got to change the way y'all do things. It's that simple. Y'all can't, y'all can't go on walks no more. Y'all can't be alone anymore. Y'all, y'all gotta, y'all gotta, y'all gotta, y'all gotta deep, y'all gotta uh, dilute the interest, dilute the intimacy by inviting more people into y'all's friendship. Dilute the intimacy by inviting accountability. Diluting the intimacy by, by, by eliminating any opportunity for you to fall back into that because once y'all get intimate, once y'all almost intimate, like maybe possibly made out or possibly got close that you can't, you can't reverse that back. It's, it's, you just can't take it back. There's nothing you can do. You can't, you can't take it back. And so, um, 
I don't even know what the okay. Uh, you can't take it back. So once once you get to a place of intimacy, all everything has to change. Everything has to change immediately. Immediately, not eventually, because the longer you take, you're gonna be right back in intimacy. You gotta de, uh, dilute the intimacy by inviting accountability. And 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 if he has a hard time accepting that, then then you have to, you really have to get a grip of your purpose. And say, you know what? Because once a man get intimate or a woman get intimate, things start getting confusing. Now all of a sudden, that's why you can't go off of feelings. Because oh, we got intimate, we almost got intimate. I'm attracted to you. That infatuation becomes blind. Then then your mind is not working. You're not processing everything. Now feelings are getting in front of the facts, and you're not finding the facts right now. You got to find the facts behind your feelings and say, you know what? He not the one for me. He was just meant to be in a friend zone. And you put him in a friend zone. Ain't nothing wrong with no friend zone. Put him in a friend zone. Invite more accountability to dilute the intimacy and, and have that honest conversation. Say things have to change immediately because my heart, I have feelings for you. And don't have this conversation in no car. Don't have this conversation in no dark place. Have this conversation where there's a bunch of people around. And and y'all got to set up boundaries right now. And because there was intimacy, your your initial boundaries have to be uh, backed, backed by accountability. Because what happens? You'll set boundaries, then you be like, you know what? I miss them lips. Oh, the way he holds me, I miss my best friend. That's my best friend, best friend. You start doing all that stuff, then your boundaries out the window. Your boundaries has to be backed by backing, and that's accountability. Hi, coach. I'm grown attached to my best friend. That's normal. That's normal. That's normal. We have been close to being intimate. Yeah, close. Sometimes being close to intimate is just is probably worse than being intimate because there's there's an illusion there. That illusion there's a fantasy there. There's there's your flesh gonna want more. <clears throat> the closer you get, no matter how close you get to it, if you're not careful, you're gonna be right all up in there. We have been close to being intimate. I don't know what to do. Do I let him go? I just put distance in between us. Uh, put distance in between. And if he don't want the distance, you got to let him go. It's that simple. Hope to help. Myra says, should there be breaks in a relationship if you feel you awaken love too early? Yeah. It's important to break away before you break. Sometimes we, 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 we connect ourselves to someone too much that we break. And it's because something was already broken in us. Uh, because of insecurities, because of inadequacies, because of fears, because of failure, because of abandonment, because of abuse, because of rejection. Because we're broken, we break easily. <clears throat> you ever had something that's already broke uh, or had a little crack? It breaks easier than if it was never broken. Um, so you have to examine your brokenness. Uh, and, and if the reason why you're in a relationship because you was broken, then chances are that relationship will break you. Um, you have to be broken into peace to ensure you're not broken into pieces. What I mean by that, when God breaks you, he breaks you into peace. He breaks you into a place of wholeness. He breaks you into peace so that you don't be broken into pieces. But if you don't go to him to be, because whoever breaks you, makes you. Whoever breaks you, makes you. So if you allow the world, if you allow relationships to break you, then you then that relationship is what you feel that you idolize in and you feel that that's what makes you. Right. Because people are attached to dysfunctional relationships because that was the first thing that broke them. Their dad was the one that broke them. They're looking for validation. The older man, they was molested. They was abused. That that first one that broke them. Now they feel like if I don't have the attention to that person, then I can never be made. But if you allow yourself to be broken by God, he will make you so that you won't break again. So if you know that you got a brokenness in your heart and you know that you're that you're that you're looking to be made in other in different relationships, you need to break away from relationships, period. Not break away from it and get back. You got to break away from it, period. And have the conversation that says, you know what? I don't know if it's ever going to work again. I don't know if we're going to ever be together again. I got to do this for me. And a per if 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 the person doesn't let you willingly, then that person was using you carnally. Or selfishly. But if that person is like, you know what? I've been feeling the same way. Let them go. Because right now you got to be broken into peace so that you won't be broken into pieces. Should there be breaks in a relationship if you feel you awaken? Yep. Anytime you awaken love too early, it's too late. <clears throat> it's that simple. It is too late 
That's why you got to understand you can't, you can't, you can't be, you can't be sexual people. You can't be intimate with people. You can't be connected to people like that because once you awaken it with that person, it's too late. Only God then can change, refer, revitalize you, renew you. But once you become intimate with someone and you awaken love with someone, you got to end it right there. You got to end it right there uh, and get healed quick. Get not get healed quick, but get healed because you're not you're, you're hurt. You're broken. So let God break you into peace so that you won't be broken into pieces because whoever breaks you makes you. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, coach. Glad I get to catch you. I'm glad we have you, Nita. Glad to have you. Christina says, how can I step out of isolation? Oh, I'm going an hour already. 105 people. Thank y'all so much for watching. Thank y'all so much, man. It's humbling. I pray these questions, these answers, these questions have been a blessing to you. While you're here, hit that like button. Help us help us get this video in front of more people. Let's hit that like button. Share it with your friends and family. Share it on your uh, page. Whatever God leads you to do, do it. That's all I can say. Uh, hey, how can I stop step out of isolation? I love my peace and quiet a little too much. I feel you. But I know God has called me to speak. Oh, okay. I avoid social events, and when I'm around family, others, I don't talk much. Um, I realized I took a personality test. I found out I was. Oh, I ain't gonna tell you what I am. Um, um, because then people try to figure me out. But I realized a lot about myself, and and sometimes, and sometimes, the more you get to know yourself, the more you begin to see the weakness of yourself. The more you begin to examine, okay, this is where I can go a little bit extra. But let me break it down because you kind of sound like me. Um, I grew up as an only child. Uh, I'm an introvert to a degree, um, but uniquely an extrovert um, at times. Um, but I realized that usually that's a blessing because in the isolation, you are aware of yourself. In the isolation, you, you, you're around silence and stillness and you hear from God. Now you're at a place where God is going to start bringing you out uh, in front of people. So every time, even before I do these live, there ain't nobody in this room. But every single time I'm in front of this camera, anytime I'm in front of people, I get a little nervous because I know I can't do this exceptionally without God. So what I do every time, even though I'm gifted at it because I have 10 years, 12 years of experience, I'm good at this. But I realize that if I don't want to be good at this, I want to be great at this. In order for me to be great at this, I got to stay dependent. God, look, man, give me the words to say. You said in your word that. Um, don't worry about what you have to say in that hour for you'll give it to me. And then I press record and the rest is history. So how can you step out of isolation? You got to pick your pockets. Uh, you is There's nothing wrong with who you are. You just got to find the balance of who you are. So that doesn't mean you have to jump all the way to the other end of being an extrovert. That doesn't mean you got to jump all the way to the other end of, of being, uh, oh, well, I'm just going to be around people. No, then you're going to find yourself full of anxiety. You have to gradually come to the middle. Don't forcefully go to the other end. Just gradually find the middle. The Holy Spirit will bring you into a place of balance where you don't lose the uniqueness of your isolation while at the same time uh, drown in the in the unfamiliarity of, of, of extrovertedism. Made that up. How can I step out of isolation? Step out of it gradually. Gradually find the middle. Enjoy your alone, alone time. Don't let nobody make you feel where you don't do nothing. You don't have to do anything. But when it comes to uh, uh, what God has called you to speak, you got to step out. And you got to step out in faith. The best way to step out into something that looks treacherous, that looks dangerous, is to keep your eyes on Jesus. Because when you start looking at the winds and the waves, you'll start sinking. But if you keep your eyes on the one you're doing it for and you're doing it for him, and you're not doing it for the people. See, I don't see I'm doing it for y'all, but I'm not doing it for y'all. Like I'm doing it for y'all because I love y'all. But I, but I, but 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 I'm doing it for him. That's what keeps me a student. That's what keeps me a servant. That's what keeps me understanding the words so I can rightly divide it because I care enough about his character. I care enough about his name to make sure I articulate the truth in a way that even babes can comprehend. You see what I'm saying? So what you have to do is you got to find the, the avenues that God wants you to speak. Um, the good thing is that you got technology now. What you can do is say, okay, get a sheet of paper and say, okay, what do I have to say? 
what mess in my life has been aged? Because whatever mess that has been aged in your life is your message. Don't talk about something that you ain't mastered. Don't talk about something that you haven't been made new from. Find something that you skilled at or you have been uh, uh, saved from and formulate your strategy. Formulate your, your articulation of words. See, for me, I use a, I use a bunch of acronyms. I use a bunch of, uh, uh, see, I'm systematic with my thoughts. So I got to take you from problem, cause, and solution. I'm, I'm a teacher. God has, God has gifted me in teaching. So, so I utilize techniques in my own unique style to be able to articulate my message and ultimately glorifying God. You see what I'm saying? So how can I step out of isolation? I love my peace and quiet a little too much, but I know God has called me to speak. You got to fulfill your purpose. There comes a time where you say, I have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's where I'm at. I am actually comfortable with being uncomfortable and I love it because it's in the, uh, you don't grow in comfort zones. You grow in challenge zones. I avoid social events. And when I'm around family, others, I don't talk much. It's okay. You just, you, uh, you an observer speak after observation. And, and, and you may be a person that just don't like small talk. Like for me, I just don't do well with small talk. If you, if you, if you got something intriguing, oh, I could talk, I could talk hours on, on, on whether the earth is flat around. You know what I'm saying? I could talk for days and it's flat, of course, but, uh, but I could talk, I could talk, I could talk hours and days on stuff that's intriguing. You see what I'm saying? But when it comes to everything else, uh, but I, but you know what? My wife loves small talk. So I have to come out of my comfort zone and, and get into that small talk. It is what it is. Um, but you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And pick your pockets. But gradually come to the middle. Gradually come, gradually grow over there. Then you don't have to force yourself over there. I, Tawana Ray says, oh, thank you, Christina. Thank you. Thank you for having a birthday. I appreciate it. Tawana Ray says, tips on online dating. I wouldn't do it. God doesn't need your help. He doesn't need, he doesn't need Christian mingling. He doesn't need Tinder. Not is it Tinder. He don't need, he don't need none of that stuff. He don't need um, any other, uh, uh, all the other, he don't need that help. And what I mean by that, I don't want to be harsh, but I want you to hear the, the heart of God, that God doesn't need you to make yourself available. Stay hidden in God because the more you hide yourself, the more you are of a help to God because you're not distracted by different things. So tips on online dating, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it because it's a distraction. Um, um, you it, you got to ask yourself, why am I on here? Do I lack trust in God? And the reason why we don't trust God is because we don't really know the character of God. That's understandable. So I'm not sitting here being like, oh, you guys are are just babes and y'all need. No, no, no. I understand that I'm still growing and trusting God in areas as I get to know his character more. So you just got to process and say, you know what? Why am I on this online site for? Do I not trust God? Do I not trust God with this? Because God doesn't need your help. He doesn't need you to make yourself available. He doesn't need for you to go. He don't need that. I'm just telling you. So I wouldn't do it. That's my honest opinion. I got time for maybe one or two more and I'm done. Hey, coach, what's going on? My older sister has children with and is engaged to a man who's emotionally manipulative. He's never at home and he's constantly disrespects her, me and my family. How do I let her go? Um, people got to make she's grown. Um, let her go. Let her go in emotion, but do not let her go in prayer. You got to disconnect yourself emotionally from her. Uh, because she's choosing, but do not let go of her in prayer. Um, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the root reason why she's involved. And she has a soul tie. She has a baby bomb. That's, it, it's, but at the end of the day, um, she has to realize in her own mind that she don't need to be with this man. If this man is manipulative, she don't have to marry. You don't have to marry somebody because you have kids with him. You don't have to. You don't, you don't have to. Just because you have a baby with a man doesn't mean you have to marry that man. You don't need it. God's a great father. He's a good, good father. That's who he is. He's a good father. So you, you, don't, you don't have to marry. And I know people get mad. Well, they have, no, 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 you don't have to. Because yes, you may, you may have made a baby with him, but you don't got to be married to him if he, if he is dysfunctional. If he's dysfunctional and he's out there, that baby's a gift from God and God will be the replacement. And God doesn't mind removing uh, a mother or a father uh, uh, out of a child's life, not out of a child's life, but out of a child's influence on their life. Because he wants to be there. So, hey, Coach Motor Sister has children with, with and is engaged to a man who's emotionally manipulative. He's never at home and he constantly disrespects her, me, and my family. First off, 
he don't got to disrespect you. You put him in his place. Look, you ain't going to disrespect me. So she, you can disrespect her all you want, but when it comes to me, you ain't going to disrespect me. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. You can kick rocks, bro. It's that simple. And, and, and it is what it is. Um, how do I let her go? Um, you let her go by trying to save her and, and stand in the gap with her in prayer. It's that simple. Um, pray for, and the Holy Spirit will reveal to you specifically what she's going through. And, and you can stand in the gap for her. Um, but people make their decisions. Um, but know that warfare comes with that. But God got you in the process. Hope that makes sense. Uh, last one, I got to go. Uh, coach, I do. Uh, coach, how do I? Uh, oh, coach, how do you get your kids to follow Christ? I did not bring God into their lives at an early age, so they are having a hard time. Don't beat yourself up about it. Don't beat yourself up about it because God, God doesn't. God is not concerned about when you came to Him. He's just glad you came to Him. He's not concerned about your kids not knowing Him. He's concerned about Him by them getting to know him now. And the best way for your children to get to know God is for you to get to know God and they see the fruit of your life. You see what I'm saying? The fruit of your life is the greatest thing you can give a child because the fruit of your lips, they're going to try to dissect. These kids are super smart now. So you you, you got to live it. They got to see it. They can't just hear it. They got to see it. They got to see the evidence of God in your life. And that's the best thing you could do at this moment. And 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 pray for them. Uh, 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 um, show the loving kindness to them. Don't force them to get saved. Don't force anything. Just continue to be loving, continue to be kind, continue to be gentle, continue to be disciplined, Dis disciplined, still do, still be a parent. Don't, don't just fall into the friendship category all the way. Still be a parent. But at the same time, let them see Christ in your life and you'll see them. You'll see Christ eventually in theirs um, because kids learn from what they see, not from what you hear. It's not from what they hear. Hope to help. All right. Hour and six minutes. I got to go, y'all. Love y'all. Course, the course, uh, lifework.teachable.com. <clears throat> um, if you want to sign up for the purpose of singing this course, you can do that there. Um, books are online. All my books are on the shelf over there. But um, purpose of singleness, purpose of freedom, dating prep, uh, unplug, world war me. As he says, all those books are on my website now. Uh, if you want to give the support what I do, you can do that as well. If you want to, um, uh, give us support our mentoring program. We propel.education. Learn more about our mentoring program. Uh, what else we got? Um, T-shirts, merch, all that good stuff. Um, subscribe, hit the bell, all that good stuff. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Uh, we'll see y'all hopefully tomorrow. If I do a if I do a um, live video tomorrow. Um, but thank y'all. Love y'all. See y'all next time. Peace.